If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to another episode of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast, and I'm pretty sure today is my most anticipated guest. When I posted that I was interviewing him a few weeks ago, the response I got was off the charts. So I am interviewing Benjamin Daly today, and I will assume most of you already follow him on Instagram. He puts out some incredible content on dating, attracting high-value partners, commitment, all of the things that we want to learn about. And I just have always loved his philosophy on things. I love that he keeps it so incredibly real. He tells people not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. And we had so much fun chatting in this interview. So as you can imagine, we definitely talked about his book that he put out, which is Why Men Don't Commit. So we talked about why particular people aren't interested in commitment, is our commitment issues personal. We got into dating, of course, and his philosophy on dating is is so beautiful and not one that I had heard before but talking about focusing more on the destination instead of the you know the journey that can be somewhat awkward and painful to to find the right partner and then we talk about his philosophy on ghosting we talk about if they wanted to they would um and just his overarching theme for so much of his messages is all about if someone walks out of your life or if someone doesn't, if it doesn't work out with a particular person, it's not a bad thing. It's just making space for the right person to step up and and come into your life. So I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. I do want to note that Benjamin works with women and I know that I have mostly women on here, but I know I, I have quite a few men. So you know, we t- we talk a lot about why men don't commit, but just know that it this applies to everyone. It applies to anyone that's listening. So make sure that 
as you're listening, you keep an open mind with that. And without further ado, here is my friend, Benjamin Daly. Welcome, Benjamin, to the show. I am so excited to have you on, not only my first male guest, but my first Mm -hmm. international guest as well. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much for having me on today, Kendra. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And um, I know when I posted that I was interviewing you, I got so many responses because so much of my community already knows and loves you. But for those that don't know you, I'd love if you could introduce yourself, Um, would love to hear what you do, and then what led you to Mm. being the coach that you are. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm Benjamin Daly. I'm a dating coach and author, and I work exclusively with women, and I provide strategies on how to find and attract the right guy. And um, it all started, I think it was about 15 years ago now, Um, I used to work in a library and um, as a kid, it was my first job. And I just was so fascinated by dating and relationships, body language, you name it. Uh, I started reading these books. And from then, it just it turned into a real fascination. And um, I guess I figured it out for myself. But what I noticed, especially as I was coming into my 20s, mid-20s, a lot of my female friends, family members who are a bit older were really struggling with this area. And Having banked up so much knowledge, I started sharing advice and giving pointers. And um, what I found was that a lot of these um, individuals that I was coaching unofficially, um, they'd gone, you know, they'd been in get dating for 10 years and hadn't found anyone, was really struggling, but within you know a few months actually finding someone. So I thought to myself, well, maybe I'm on something here. So uh, news spread and more people started coming to me to ask me for advice. And um that's when I decided to start coaching. I wrote uh, several books and, um, and that's what I do full time now. That's amazing. I find mm. so many people that, that do coaching were kind of just coaching for free in their social circles before they yeah. ended up. That's same with me. I was like the go-to oh, really? breakup friend um, yeah. before I decided to be like, maybe I could start doing this for mm. a living. So, um, so I love that. Yeah. And if, and I know you have, um, right now on your Instagram, your, uh, your book, why men don't commit. And that's kind of the big topic that I wanted to cover today with you. And it's one Mm. that is very personal for me. I, a lot of my listeners know, but I kind of hit a rock bottom, um, gosh, six, six years ago now where Mm. I got dumped for the third time in a row because the guy Mm. couldn't commit to me and no, three different right in a row. And I finally was like, okay, I think this might Mm. be a pattern for me. Um, And so I, you know, kind of went through this personal journey of figuring out why is this happening and, and all of this, because for a long time, I just thought, I just have, you know, I just have bad luck and I had realized it like had nothing to do with me, um, which I later found not to be true. But I'd love Mm -hmm. to hear from you just kind of a high level. I know it's hard to just, you know, pinpoint like that, but kind of a high level why you feel like people can't, why men can't commit? Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting question. I think really high level, um, people commit when, or they're inclined to commit when the benefits and the results of being in a committed relationship with you is greater than doing what they're do- doing, what they're doing currently. So, you know, I think people, if they can't relate to the benefits and the results of being in a committed relationship with you, they won't commit. Um, 
And I think it's relationships are very misunderstood, or at least the title of a relationship is very misunderstood. And I think it's very one dimensional to, to ask someone, you know, are you ready for a relationship? Are you looking for a relationship? Because I think it really depends on so many variables. And I like to use the example of, you know, shampoo, like no one wants shampoo. What they want is they want the glossy hair. And the same approach can be applied to relationships too. The title itself doesn't really carry value. What they want is the results and the benefits of the relationship. So you've got some people who can really connect with what you have to offer and some people you just can't. And everyone has different uh, intentions. They have different values, things different in terms of what they, what they find important is different. So some people are gonna connect and some people are just gonna not connect at all. That's so yeah. interesting. I've never thought about it like that, but you are right where it's not about the relationship, it's about the benefits and everyone has different benefits mm. of what they want out of a relationship sure. some people it's like really the companionship and the best friendship mm -hmm. other people it's like you know the whole partner in crime some people it's really just mm. more about like the romantic physical part so yeah. to you know to say are you ready for a relationship it's more about what can, it's I mean this sounds kind of cruel but like what can you give me kind of a yeah. thing yeah because I think you know we're all self-interest machines you know we're always thinking yeah. we're programmed for you know, they call it the Whiffen factor, what's in it for me? And we're always looking, we're programmed like that. It's, it's kept our survival going for many millions of years. And we're always looking out for whether it's um, subconsciously or consciously, we're always looking for our own needs to be met. And when we do meet people, we analyze to think about what, what are the benefits here. And also, you know, I think benefits has is two sides to it. There's, you know, there's the desire, um, desired outcome, which is right, what do I want? What's the the thing I want to achieve here is it, you know, is it uh, intimacy? Is it security? But there's also the other side, which is the avoidance of pain. Um, what am I trying to avoid by getting into a relationship? Is it loneliness? That's quite common amongst guys. You know, they get lonely and they think, right, to be in a relationship, I want companionship, which is the opposite. Yeah. So really the benefits are broken down into two parts. So finding and attracting someone, it's all about understanding that individual to figure out right, what's important to them what is the desired outcome for them, but also what is the, the pain that they're looking to avoid? Because really, you know, when we're, when we're doing this, you know, there's a reason why we are out there, you know, trying to find people. We wouldn't do it if there was no purpose behind it. And um, yeah, we just got to figure out what it is that that person needs. And we're, we're problem solvers, ultimately, because there's lots that we can't do on our own, which is why we go out and seek partners. And if we think in terms of problem solution orientated mindset, then it makes it so much easier to understand, okay, well, actually this person doesn't need me. Therefore, um, they're never gonna commit. And actually I'm not helping them move towards that place of fulfillment. Exactly. And like, tr I think it's um, Esther Perel, she talks about it of like, kind of the expectation, like we all have different expectations on partners. Um, mm. And I think a lot, I'm sure you, you, you know, you deal with this, but like a lot of the issue is when we try to put expectations on someone that can't meet them yeah. and we make it such a personal problem when mm. really it's, it's just that person just can't, yeah. can't do that. Yeah, of course. I think it's, you know, it's always going to be a bit of a blend because some people go, you know, is it me or is it, you know, their situation? I think it's a bit of a yes and a no. Um, type situation you know it could be that 
you know, that person knows what they want, but, you know, being in a relationship with you isn't going to take them to that place of fulfillment. And also it may be that, that, you know, the most amazingly perfect person for them could show up, but because of their situation, all these other factors that are going on in their life, because we, you know, we don't live on a desert, desert island, you know, we've got careers, we've got family, we've got health, we've got all these other things going on. And sometimes a relationship doesn't fit in um, into what's the whole ecosystem of what's going on in our life at that time. Yeah. And that you kind of touched it on it, on it already, but I was, I think what I hear so often is when someone comes to me going through a breakup because the guy couldn't commit, it's Mm -hmm. because of, they feel like it's very personal. They feel like Mm -hmm. they were not a good enough partner. They're not pretty enough, smart enough, all the enoughs. Um, and it feels, which I get, it's like very hard to not take that as a direct attack Mm. on your character, your value, your worth. Um, so, so yeah, I'd love if you, you know, can touch on that a little bit more. And especially when people see they get broken up with because the guy can't commit and then the guy goes and finds a new relationship. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Mm, I mean, that's, that's tough that's really yeah. tough to experience that because we take it so personally it feels like rejection we don't feel good enough um but we've got to understand that you know we're not going to be perfect for everyone and actually then exiting that relationship is is a good thing for us because we don't want to be with people who aren't fully all on board with us and it was never going to last anyway but it's a very very um you know it's a very tough thing to to manage um i would say think about the benefits of that situation arising because yes it hurts in the meantime but actually that opens you up to find someone who is suitable for you and there's not not you know there's no reason why you couldn't go and find someone tomorrow who is actually makes you so much happier because if your partner isn't happy in the relationship you aren't going to be happy and it's not going to last but the challenge is because we've especially if you're in a relationship for a long time uh, what's known as sunk cost bias kicks in and that's um a bias whereby we we have as humans a propensity to want to continue things that we've already started it's why we you know we carry on watching terrible movies you know when we're halfway through it's because we want to see it through and when we've invested time money energy and emotions into something um, it means that we get stuck we've invested and we want to see that relationship through to the end and sometimes we have to know all right i need to cut my losses here this is clearly not going to work i need to go and find someone else Yes. Yeah. And I love, I was just, I was binging your videos this morning and um, (laughs) I love the recurring theme that you have of like, allow that guy to step aside so the right Mm. one can come in. Cause you know, we only have so much energetic capacity to hold for people. So if you're clenching on to someone that's not meant for you, you're Mm. not allowing that space for the right person. And yeah, I will say to anyone listening, I think you'll be shocked if you are with someone that that isn't fully there. Like they're mm. there, but they're not there. They have this mm. wall up, they're blocking, you know, intimacy and emotions and all of that stuff. Mm. I lived in those kind of relationships for a long time. Mm. And then you'll be shocked by when you have someone come in that yeah. wants nothing more than to be mm. with you, to hear you, to listen mm. to you it's a completely new experience. Yeah. yeah. 
And that's that's the case of just finding a good match, someone that's suitable, yeah. someone who can relate to what it is that you offer and you can relate to what they can offer too. Yeah. Because otherwise you just feel like you're shoehorning a bad situation. And because we put so much energy into it, it's really hard to go back on our investment. Yes. We have to accept that we appreciate that, you know, most people aren't going to be right for us. And therefore it goes both ways. You're not going to be right for everyone too. And that's perfectly normal and that's perfectly okay. We have to be willing to let go. Yeah. And I think that's like a, I mean, I think that's a good thing to not be the right person for everyone, because if you are, that means, I think that means that you're not super like grounded and clear on who you Mm. are. Absolutely. And you want to be specialist. You don't want to be a generalist because otherwise, you know, your type of personality or character is, is 10 a penny and everyone is the same. But being doubling down on your uniqueness and the things that make you different because you will stand out so much further than everyone else when you do connect with the right person because you'll be able to offer something that no one else can offer. Yes. And too, I think I deal with this a lot with people going through breakups, but when you are a, a generalist and when you're a generalist, you tend to adopt the like music taste, food taste, Mm. like you tend to just adopt everything of the person that you're with. And then Mm. when the relationship ends, which it pretty much undoubtedly will, if you're not yourself, um, then you, you leave the relationship and you feel like a shell because Mm. you just changed everything for this person. And you're like, who am I at the end of the day? Yeah. And I think that's that's something that's so important and something that gets completely skipped. We, we When we look for partners, we're always looking at the qualities that we want. But actually, we don't look at ourselves first and figure out who we are. Because often we are so adaptable to our environment. We look at our friends. We look at those people around us to dictate who we are. And when we truly know ourselves, that's when you know what you need to attract, what's actually going to be good for you. And I, I always recommend uh, John Martini's test on values. So he, it forces you to look at your environment and the things you surround yourself with, the, uh, the things you think about, the people you spend your time with, the money, the things you spend your money on. And usually those are good indicators of who we are rather than what we tell ourselves who we are. And when we can truly understand who we are, then we can then start to decide, right, who do I need to attract? Because I, I think the whole opposites attract thing is a complete fallacy. I just think it can't work if you've got two people with completely different ends of the spectrum. You want to be, you know, some people are going to be more skilled and have strengths and weaknesses in certain areas, but generally you have to be on the same page. Yeah. And what I tell people too, and I think, you know, this more applies to maybe people who are a little bit younger, but I think what I'm realizing as being in a long-term relationship is mm-hmm. it's, it can, it's, it's not easy to be. And so if you are starting the relationship, feeling really insecure, not knowing where you stand, like kind of on really shaky ground, um, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, like in some ways it gets easier, but in some ways it gets harder where it's like, you Mm -hmm. really have to be on the same page. You have to be in a place where you feel secure in who you are and what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, because as, as you grow, as the relationship grows, um, it, it gets hard. Yeah. And it's, it's hard once you, once you've made progress to reverse and go back to where you started, that's just going to consume so much time, energy, and emotion. It's better to stay grounded 
and get yourself into a good place where you know who you are, you know what you're looking for, and you can actually uh, be discerning about right, who do I want to attract and what do I, what are the next steps I need to take to move this forward, as opposed to acting on impulse and you know connecting with the first person you meet or the first person who you know shows you interest or whatever. It's just that will not result in um, well, it's gonna it's gonna cause a lot of heartbreak later down the line. You know, they, they always say you know, the best time to have the map is before you enter the woods, and I think that's so true. You want that map before you start. You want to know who you want to attract and um, and what you want in the future as well. Yeah, because what I have found is when I don't go into when I wouldn't go into it clear, I would you know get the butterflies and all bets were off. It's like yeah. you know the second mm. all those you know fun brain chemicals. Yeah. Hit. It's like, I don't care what, what you're doing. I just love this feeling. Um, yeah. So I think doing that, like taking advantage of, of time single mm-hmm. yeah. is really important. Cause I also believe if you want to find a part, if you just want to find a partner, you're going to, mm-hmm. um, but it's all about like how, like what you said, like, how do you get grounded um, yeah. in what you want? And it's about protecting your future self as well, because you've got to think you're going to be somewhere within you know a year to five years from now, and you've got to think strategically about that person in the future. Where do you want that person to be? Do you want them to waste more time jumping from one thing to the next, or do you want to actually focus and and look at where you want to go and plan it out? Because I'm not, I'm personally not a big believer in. Um, I'm not a particularly fluffy person. I'm I'm more of a strategist, but yeah. that works typically quite well. You know, I, I do believe in fate and manifestation, things like that. But, you know, I think you need to go in it with a plan. All about that. I, I agree. I agree. And I think too, what we neglect a lot is this idea. And I, I'll never forget I, when I was struggling with dating, I had a mentor tell me, okay, I want you to write down what you want. And then I want you to do that stuff. Like you mm. want to attract someone yeah. who's good at communicating, like work on your own communication. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we kind of forget. Because they're going to yeah. look for that. If you want to attract the best, you've got to become the best. Yeah. I think it's, it's not random. There's nothing about this is random. You know, everyone's, everyone's seeking value. I think people go into dating, you know, the, it boils down to this. Uh, everyone wants the best deal. And they're always going to be looking at their options. Nowadays with online dating, it's really opened it up wide. But still the same truth applies. Everyone's looking for the best deal because they know that who they're going to be with is probably one of the most important decisions you'll make. It's who you'll start a family with. It's who you'll probably buy a house with, who you're going to marry, the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. So it's a very, very important decision. And it's not something that a lot of people take lightly. So one thing that, since we're talking about like you attract what you promote kind of a Mm. thing, what I had to come to realize when I was attracting non-committal men, mm-hmm. I had to look at what belief do I have that's causing me to attract these people? Mm-hmm. And what it came down to for me was I had low self-esteem. I did not think that I was marriage material. Mm-hmm. Like if I really looked at it, I did not believe that about myself. And I thought like if I had someone that really wanted to commit to me, which which did happen, it was almost like, what's wrong with them? Mm. You know, like that's, that's yeah. what I sub all subconsciously, I mm. thought all of these things. So do you find that, what do you find like a common pattern in people that are attracting these like non-committal emotionally unavailable partners? 
Yeah, well, I think if you if you're thinking like that, I've you know, there's a lot of people who think it's not possible to find a decent guy, and they seem to attract guys that do exactly that. Um, and I think it comes down to belief. You know, you've got to believe that it's happening and it can happen because there are tons of people out there who are finding the right partners. But you know, you you may have bad experiences in the past and you know been through bad relationships, but just because you know, the past hasn't been so favorable. It doesn't mean you can't find the right person tomorrow because no two people are the same. And oftentimes it's going to feel like one failure after the next until you do find that one person. And it's a mate. No, I just don't think that anyone who does, who do find the right people that actually think that it's possible. A lot of clients that I've worked with never believed that it was ever possible until they found that right person. Just like you said, when you found your husband, um, because we look to the past to see what we've experienced, then that kind of makes up our understanding of the, the topic. And if all we see in the past is bad relationships, guys not committing, guys cheating, guys doing that, that's all we think is possible in the future. But we have to be mindful that actually this is a filtration process, it's a numbers game. And it does mean you're going to have to kiss a lot of frogs along the way until you do find that one. But you have to stay committed and believe it. So it's self-belief, it's belief in yourself, it's also belief in the process too. Yeah. And, and how do you like, like, how do you suggest people cultivate that belief? Because like you said, if they look back and they see all nothing but failures, what are some ways that you encourage people to find that belief? Mm, Good question. So belief in themselves or belief or belief that they can find love. Yeah. I mean, you've, you can look around you and you can find the right relationships and use those as as role models and you can see people who are finding the right people and if I my opinion is if one person can do it you can do it you know and and there's lots of people out there finding the right relationships there's also a lot of people who are frustrated too but it doesn't mean that they're not going to find the right person tomorrow or next week or next month that's one thing that um that I've I've told people to do too and I got asked one time like how do I know that I'm, I think the late, the girl said like, how do I know I'm not just going to become like an old single cat lady? And mm. my response is what I really believe. I truly believe that if you want to find love, you will. And I yeah. think the people who don't ever find it stopped looking, they stopped mm. believing, they closed themselves off. But I think if you yeah. have like even the tiniest ounce of willingness or mm. like a willingness to believe that you have that, you will find it. It's yeah. like, I say the same thing with people going through breakups. I think the only people who don't get over their ex are ones that choose not to. Mm. That's really interesting. Yeah. And it, it requires work too. It's not just going to yeah. land in your lap as well. It's, it's going to, it's like, if you want to get in good shape, you've got to go to the gym. Yeah. And the same applies to, to love. If, if you want to find the right partner, you, it requires putting yourself out there and going to meet people and working on yourself and building a great online profile and attending dates, having more conversations. It's all, it's all a numbers game. But the problem is if you don't believe it's possible, you won't put in the work necessary to make it happen. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. 
Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. And that's yeah. the first step. It's a decision. It's a decision to to be like, I'm going to make this work. He's out there somewhere. I'm going to find him and I'm going to attract him. And he's out, remember, he's out there looking for you too. And if if you're not putting yourself out there, how is he ever going to find you? If yeah. you're not online, if you're not attending the, the events where he's likely to be, then he's never going to find you. And you're doing him a disservice. You've got to remember that. I love that. I love that perspective. You, Yeah, you're doing... I so I was always told that like I'm being prepared and he's being prepared and at the right time we yeah. will you know mm. be introduced but like you said there has to be some level of willingness I love this thing like you can't pray for food while sitting in a cave it's like you can't you know you can't just expect someone's going to land in your mm. lap um and what do you tell people I hear this so often what do you tell people when they just say like online dating sucks like they just like have this blanket statement that like dating sucks, dating is hard. Um, yeah. Do you what do you typically tell them when they well, say that? Yeah, I think that's that's a funny one because you know I, I see it. It's just the the path to get to where you want to get to. You know, if you think about it, like going on holiday, you want to go on holiday, you want to go to this destination, and the journey is the flight. Okay. But you're not going to let the flight stop you. If you don't like traveling or don't like flying, you're not going to let that stop you from actually getting to the destination. Dating is an inconvenience, ultimately. It requires effort, requires a bit of work here and there. But if you buy into the destination, then it'll be worth Well, There's no pretending that it's going to be easy. You're going to get knocked back. You're going to get, you know, may get ghosted. You may get people saying no to you. But ultimately, it's worth taking that journey. And you can make it easier. It doesn't have to be really hard and uncomfortable. You can find ways to make the process easier. You can expedite it. You can make it shorter. But ultimately, it's about staying focused on the end goal. Because when you are, you know, it's a Sunday and you're lying on the sofa with your your dream man, do you care about whether you met him on a 
bumble hinge or netting down the coffee shop. It doesn't matter. It literally makes up a tiny sliver of your interactions in the long term. The goal is most important. So don't don't get too bogged down in the journey because you're limiting yourself. If you're if you're not online and you're not doing these things, then you're going to be working in a tiny pool. And that really restricts your, your you know, you, you can't connect with enough people to be able to filter out and, and find decent ones. That's, I love that analogy, the plane, because yeah. who loves being on planes? No one, no, exactly. but everyone loves going on vacation. Mm. Um, that's a, that's a, I love that analogy. And I think too, sometimes online dating or just dating in general can get a bad rap because of the expectation we put on it. Like I remember if I'm thinking back to the times that I was out dating, if I thought about it as like, okay, I'm going to go meet this new person and learn about them and like have an interesting conversation, eat good food, then it went well. But if I like Mm -hmm. went into it thinking, if this doesn't go well, then this is hopeless. This yeah. proves that I'm mm. not going to find the person or um, yeah. anything like that. Then I pretty much guaranteed did not have a good time. Yeah. And you didn't enjoy the date when you felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel when you changed your mindset around it? it I mean, it was, then it was fun. It was mm. enjoyable. And I remember my dad always told me this, like, when I, you know, was with my first guy at like 18, who I swear Mm. I was going to marry. And he was, my dad was terrified. I was going to marry this person, (laughs) but he told me like, it's so important to date because when you date, you Mm. learn what you like, what you don't like. Um, Mm. and if I had married the person I was with at 18, like I would be, I'd be completely miserable, you know? Mm. Um, so it took, it took kissing the frogs. If I had not kissed the frogs, I would not appreciate my husband. I would not Mm. even really know what I wanted because I think like no relationship is a waste of time. You either learn what you like or what you don't like. Mm. And I think it goes back being conditioned from a young age when you look at Disney movies and and Hollywood and these books, it's just, it's so easy in these books and movies and whatever else. And that living up to that expectation as though it's going to be so straightforward but then the reality you, you enter it and you're like oh my god I'm being turned down people aren't sold on being with me um, but just enjoying the process and expecting a bit of failure expect expecting it to be a bit of a bumpy ride at times that is actually really healthy because you're not being outcome dependent you're not trying to force something upon someone you're almost letting them do their thing and if it doesn't if it doesn't work it doesn't work and you're cool with that because you're like you know what it's going to be someone else who's going to come along. They're going to appreciate me. They're going to really want to, you know, build something serious with me in the future. And that's cool. Yeah. And that leads me kind of to my next question, which I love how you talk about, like, if he wanted to, he would, um, yeah. which I think is so important because mm-hmm. I'm sure you've encountered this. Unfortunately, there's a lot of coaches in our space that like will kind of tell you how to like play the game, you know, like the game, quote unquote, and like, say something that will make them want to come back. And it's like, at the end of the day, they either want to be in a relationship with you or they don't, and they will show you either way. Mm. Um, And so what do you tell people when they say, well, they're just really busy with work, or they have a lot of family stuff going on. So instead of, you know, 
instead of walking away and moving on, I'm just yeah. going to hang in the wing and mm. wait for the circumstances to change and then like be there when they yeah. want to come back kind of a thing. Yeah, I think I think it's a case of getting him off the table, really, because if he, he's made it clear through his actions that he's not committed, whether it's something to do with you, whether it's to do with his situation, regardless, it doesn't matter. He, if, if he wanted to be with you, he'd be with you. And you need to disregard that. It's not to say that, you know, maybe let's assume that he's, he's building a business. He's really, really busy. He doesn't have the capacity to commit to a relationship right now, but maybe in a couple of years from so, you know, we can, we can leave that option there, but don't, don't bet on it that it's going to happen because you don't have time to be hanging around for people who aren't, you know, sold on you. So keep your options open. Yeah. That's not to say you completely disregard the guy, but just don't give him that hold over you. Yeah. And I, I believe that if we're meant to be with someone, we will be. Um, mm. And it's like, if you, I always talk, cause people have this fear of if they walk away from a guy and really work on themselves and do all that, that that's going to ruin their chance. And I tell them like, if you're, if the person you're meant to be with is not going to be with you because you take this time to like move on and work on yourself yeah. and grow, yeah. like that's not your person. And sometimes it, it comes back around. Sometimes people need a bit of a break and, you know, their situations change. Maybe it's not their time, but that's perfectly okay. It's just a case of letting them go and focusing on you, putting yourself out there and not limiting yourself if you've only got one guy in mind you know there's not there's no saying that he never comes back or he finds someone else imagine how heartbreaking that would be if you you bank on one person and they find someone else then you've wasted so much time so we need to think in abundance rather than scarcity because there's lots of great people out there that you could be connecting with i feel like so much of a theme of of our conversation has been like you're do like you're doing yourself an ultimate disservice by mm. trying to hang on either trying to hang on to someone who doesn't want to hang on to you um mm. or by limiting yourself um because i've heard this so often and i've seen it happen with so many friends um where you know you feel hopeless you feel hopeless and then ultimately you meet the person and you're like oh my god this is it like my relationship with my husband is the first relationship I've ever had where I did not have constant anxiety because I knew really? exactly what, yeah, I had mm. constant anxiety in all of my last relationships, yeah. constant anxiety of where do I stand? I was doing yeah. that thing where I'm like, okay, they've waited this long, like that whole game thing of like, they've mm. waited this long, da, 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 da. Now, like, I don't have, like, I never had to do that. I always knew mm. that I would hear from them. I always knew when our next plan was, I, I didn't have, you know, it's like, I, once I did that, I'm like, wow, I can't believe how long I stayed in relationships where that was not the case, that where I put mm. myself through all these sleepless nights and like mm. having to ask 10 girlfriends, if, is this text? Mm. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, all of, that. of course. <laughs> and that's such a, a, a sign, isn't it? When you're, when you're feeling like that, your, your emotions will tell you a lot about whether that person's the right person for you or not. Yeah. 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 Our, our gut will tell us, will tell us a lot. Um, and one thing you touched on it briefly, but I'd love, I love your perspective that you have on ghosting 
And I'd Mm. love if you could, you could talk about that because obviously it's not, it's not a nice way to get broken up with. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think you just have such a a great perspective on it. So I'd love if you could share that. Yeah. Well, ghosting, I imagine it's been going on for years long before online dating, but I think now that the options are so much wider back in the day, you know, our parents may have had to turn down a very small handful of people. Now it's like this, it's a part-time job being able to filter through, be able to say, no, I'm not feeling this, not feeling that. And I think one of rejecting someone is not a good feeling to have. And I think for a lot of people it's by, by, how do I say this? Yeah. So being able to say no to a lot of people is, is exhausting, but whether they ghost and I know, I mean, I'm not condoning ghosting behavior at all, but I think the right thing to do is to be upfront and be honest with people and let them know how you, you feel. Um, but whether they ghost or whether they tell you is the, the outcome is the same. It's, it's a no. So we have to just accept that some people aren't going to have our standard of you know, etiquette. But like we said, it's the, it's the destination and the, the means to get there. It's like, don't let, just because some guy goes to you, went on a date with him and, you know, he wasn't interested, don't let that prevent you from persevering with your pursuit towards that goal. So it doesn't feel good. You know, people shouldn't do it. It should be done properly. But in a way, it's a benefit because he, if he's ghosted you, he's only just taken himself out of the mix. And he showed you, he's removed himself from your life and Rather, you don't want to get you wouldn't want to get into a relationship with someone like that anyway. So he saved you time. He's removed himself. It's a breakup that will never have to happen. He, yeah. yeah, it's it, it it's a very very clear sign that it's not your person. Because I tell people mm-hmm. like, would you really want to be in a relationship with someone who can't voice their emotions? I'm like, yeah. When you're mm-hmm. with someone and you have kids with them and like you can't have tough emotional conversations, like that's not. Yeah gonna Mm. work so it's very clear that it's not your person it's the universe like kind of ending it for you um and and yeah and it is that's the thing too I like that you said that like it's the same outcome because I tell Mm. people that with breakups a lot where it's like yes there's added betrayal when you get cheated on there's like added Mm. things but at the end of the day like we're all dealing with the same feelings yeah I think Absolutely. we all want to think that our situation is so unique and mm. so different, mm. um, but ultimately it's not. Mm. And you, you touched on that um, previously about the, the expectation too, because when you are ghosted and it hurts, it's because if you create an expectation before it's even justified, that's an issue. Because really dating is someone showing a small amount of interest on the first date. Maybe it's even just curiosity at that point. And I like to use the analogy of a shop. Imagine you owned a shop and you've got people coming and going from the shop, but maybe, you know, one in 25 people actually buy something. If someone walks into the shop and leaves without an explanation, you're not going to chase them down the street or her down the street. So don't do the same in your dating life. Just focus on the ones that stick and the ones that stay in the shop. And that's really it, to be honest. And just let go of the ones that, you know, whatever it's cool they're gone it's fine it wasn't it was never meant to be and don't have that expectation that every person you date is gonna become the one because that's when you know you get yourself in all kinds of trouble you have such good 
and I don't know if it's analogies or metaphors, but you have very great visualizations on things. The oh, shop, the airplane. So many, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could keep going. Yeah. Um, well, one of the last questions I wanted yeah. um, to ask you is, what would you say? So I think we've covered like, if someone can't commit, they're out. If mm -hmm. they ghost you, they're out. But what yeah. about the like, I kind of touched on it, but like the hot and cold partner where it's mm. like, when you hear from them, it's great. Yeah. When you're with them, mm. it's great. But then when you're not, it's super cold. Um, what do you tell mm. people with that? Is that something that's maybe like something that can be changed? What, what does that look like? Yeah. Hot and cold behavior is just someone who's not bought in. They've got objections. And I think it's a fallacy to think that everyone goes into a relationship 100% confident. We all have our reservations about getting into a relationship, whether it's the individual, whether it's the actual setup itself, the dynamics of a relationship. I think a lot of this is to do with objection handling. And they talk about this a lot in sales. It's those individuals who they can see, they can see the benefit. But at the same time, they have their fears. Oftentimes, it's fear that's holding them back. Maybe they've been in bad relationships in the past. Maybe they're worried about the future, worried about how things will go. Maybe they're, they're worried about the sacrifices that they'll have to make by getting into a relationship. And we have to understand initially what their objections are and try to really understand like, what, what's important to them. Why are they feeling hesitant? How are they feeling about the whole situation? to really understand what is the bottlenecks for them. And if they can't communicate it or they can't overcome their own objections and get themselves off the fence, then they're not the right person for you. But I think it's, it would be unrealistic to think that every single person will be 100% sold on you anytime. I know from my personal experience going to relationships, I've had um, you know, reservations about how it would pan out and whether it's the right thing to do and whatnot. And I think that's completely normal, but we have to understand the person in front of us and think about what it is that they're going through and, and how they're feeling. And if they can't resolve that for themselves or they can't talk about it and communicate a way of overcoming that, then I think it's time to, to move on. And I think too, it's really important to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. I think, there have been so many times where I was afraid to ask like, Hey, are we like, what are we, are we in a relationship? How are you feeling about the relationship? Mm. Um, what's going on in your, in your mind for you? Because I didn't, I was scared to know the answer. So yeah. I just kind of pushed it aside and pushed it aside and pushed it aside until ultimately the relationship ended because clearly there was something going on. It just wasn't mm. being talked about. So I think it's important for people to, to know that they can, they can ask those questions. And like you said, mm. if it can't be talked about or it can't be resolved, there's your answer, but it's so much better mm. to do that than waste five mm. years trying to stick around in something that's just probably not going to work. Yeah, we kind of need to get to our answer. And finding a guy who's emotionally mature enough to be able to have those conversations. If he's emotionally unavailable, then that's going to be a real issue there. In which case, you need to rethink about the types of guys you want to attract. Yeah.
Mm. Yeah. I think, I think this whole idea of, you know, finding, I think the term you use is like the high, like finding like a high value guy that yeah. has the emotional maturity and mm. will show up and will show through his actions, how he feels about a person. Um, I think that's, it's such an important conversation. And I have to say, I've seen so many dating coaches that just, um, I think tell people what they want to hear. And I love Mm. that you tell people what they need to hear. I think it's, I think it's really (laughs) important. Um, and, and so I just think you, the work that you do is, is so amazing. And, um, I'd love if you could tell people where they can find you, um, if they're not already following you and, and how to kind of utilize your gifts in this area. Oh, thanks, Kendra. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on Instagram and it's at Benjamin Daily. I also use TikTok as well. Uh, and I've also have a book available, my book, Why Men Don't Commit. And that's on whymendontcommit.com. Perfect. And I'll put, um, I'll put all the links in, in the show notes here, but thank you so much for coming on. I loved our conversation um, and I hope to have you on again soon. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kendra. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. 